Welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters that are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Will Lynch, and I'm the Associate Editor of Resident Advisor. Over the past 10 years or so, Philip Salman, or Eftiman as you might know him, has homed in on a sound that's at once gentle, atmospheric, and propulsive. The results have been inspiring. His 2007 self-titled album was a breath of fresh air, nudging dance music away from minimal and toward a smoother, deep house sound. Since then, his style has gotten more and more techno, but it's always kept that soothing element. This is truer than ever on his new album, Decay, which, to these ears, is the best thing he's put out in years. Chatting at our office in Berlin, Salman shed light on his new album and shared insights on his craft in general. Again, uh, your new album is inspired by this trip you took to Japan, or rather, I guess more than that, that the album really came out of this trip to Japan. Can you just tell me a little bit about the trip itself and why it made such a big impact on you? My partner and I, we were invited to uh, to stay in Japan for three months in this artist residency in Kyoto, uh, which was... Um, organized by German Goethe Institute and we, we went there in September and came back in December last year and we were working on a film together which is not finished so we will be we continue working on that I cannot talk too much about it it's like ongoing process and we'll be going back to Japan soon to continue our work there and we have of course had a lot of time um, exploring the country and parts of Japan I had never been to, as I had been to Japan many times, maybe seven times before, but only stayed there in, in the major cities or like uh, maximum for one week. And this time we had like three months of, um, yeah, the possibility to travel and to explore really like more interesting and, and more far off um, sites, like countrysides, and that was amazing. Um. So the, the cover artwork is um reflects my surrounding in kyoto this is um a collage of pictures i took every day from the bridge in front of the house 
And this is the, the, the mountains you see there surrounding Kyoto in there, always blue. And so I gave these, all these pictures to our graphic designer, Chil Sperle, who's been doing um, dial record covers since, I, I don't know, for the last 10 years or something. And then he came up with this idea to make a collage of, out of, of his, um, the mountains he liked the most. And this is kind of like an um, artificial um, mountain range in Kyoto. But it's, it's more, even more beautiful than the original ones. I'm very happy with this artwork. It's actually, I think it's the most beautiful cover I have so far. And you took the photographs? Yes, photographs are treated in a special way to have this kind of silken um, paper, um, Japanese silk paper effect. And uh, I've, been, I've been thinking and also talking about making the blue record for the last two years. So now this is, this is it. I was thinking this might sound different, but it's, now this is the blue record, I mean, <laughs> finally, because blue is my favorite color. You said that uh, you feel like this album is more coherent than uh, your other ones. What exactly does that mean? Or, you know, how is it different from the other ones? Well, like I said, the, the process of um, arranging it in Kyoto was a quite fast one for me. And so I think the feeling I have towards it is that it's more uh, one piece of uh, then the two ones I made before, because they, that sometimes it took um, a year, many tracks that I didn't use, you know, on the side. And, and here I only had one track left over and it was just like, this is it. And this is done. And then Lawrence arrived in, in Kyoto on October 16, I remember. And I finished the last one, one hour before he arrived and I played the whole thing to him. And he was like, yeah, this is it. Okay, let's go. And they, like they always do um, accept anything you hand in to dial. <laughs> so they would never say like, oh man, I don't know if this is the right one. Maybe you should think about it. But no, this is, um, I think that's why it's more coherent because it was just made in one fast workflow. Mm -hmm. And so I think now that I've been listening to it sometimes in the car, on a CD that it somehow has, makes sense. It has one, one energy uh, or something. And Tobias Freund, who I really um, look up to, he's, he's been telling me that he likes listening to it in his car. And uh, it makes me very happy because I'm a big fan of his work and he's a good friend. And so I think it's maybe it's a car album, which is good because I always been, uh, I love listening to music while driving. And, I didn't have a driving license until uh, two years ago. Since then, I've been listening to a lot of music. <laughs> Did you put the same amount of care and in, like into the artwork and everything um, on your past albums? Yes, always. Um, it was always a very important part of the of making an album to to have this the the artwork as a, yeah something that delivers a second. A level of information what this whole thing is informed by where it comes from where where maybe other things that that are important in my life than the, the music itself or something and um now with this one i uh, also with the last one chicago we we made one video which kind of tried to um transport all these ideas of modern architecture and something which was um, important part of Chicago uh, in a video 
And this time we're working on six videos for the uh, two are done already and I'm waiting for the rest to be finished soon. And so they, they bring also a lot of information from other things that I'm interested in. And it was very interesting to work on, on the visual aspect or to work on something that helps telling this story that I told in the musical, uh, on the musical level. For example, the, the first track, um, which is my favorite track, gets a video that I did with uh, my friend Toby Cornish. And he's a um, visual artist and a filmmaker. And we were, we were set up a um, 16 millimeter film loop in his basement. And it was a blank film. And uh, we started filming it like kind of directly on the center of the, on the, chip, uh, I say, um, it was a direct transfer into the digital um, film without any lenses in between. And I started, um, we had the music running and I started applying color and, and chemicals on the, on the blank film. And you have all the, the color and the dust and the scratches of the film in a very, like, um, how do you say? You see the film itself. It's and um, it transforms over the time, and and there are uh, many levels of movement on this um, film that we see. And this will be released soon on the internet to watch. Uh, hopefully, people like it. For me, it's it's uh, very very nice to have this film, which totally tells the same story as the music. This kind of phase drift that have the chords have and i said before that i think this track opens a door for my future productions maybe to have make a more abstract kind of droney trippy um music that is maybe not focusing on dance floor too much or something but it's still informed by this whole experience as a dj and whatever but it's more it has a, something uh, like a new level i think yeah, you said that um, this one had an element of like sound art. Is is that something you spend a lot of time with? Well, not sound art as explicit sound art, but um, art is plays a um, important role in my music uh, in my life because my most of my friends are artists. Somehow, my girlfriend is an artist, and as I was talking about this, making this film, I I also like working in other fields and producing techno music and I did some uh, installations over the last years which were uh, more uh, dysfunctional <laughs> like um, you could see on my website philipsalman.de and there are some pictures and uh, some examples of what I do when I'm not working as abdomen which is like I have like these two persons and then with this first track I, it felt like that they're coming together these two identities somehow which is my goal for the next years to kind of get rid of my two personalities maybe and merge them into one. And that would be my, um, my goal now. I hadn't heard before that you did work in, um, that you worked with film. How long have you been involved in stuff like that? No, this is, this is something new. We only did this one video four years ago, which also won a prize in Oberhausen Film Fest which we were really happy about it. And this was the starting point to, um, I don't, you know, <clears throat> I don't make like a, like a big difference between making music or making a film. It's, it's the same 
idea of uh, working with time and narration and I'm not a, vi a very visual guy so I need people to help me <laughs> but um yeah it's it's I mean I'm not working on a on a movie you know like it's more like abstract um visual art and it's always been interesting contribution to music I think to have this visual level and um we were also thinking about making a live show with analog video but then this time it was not enough time to prepare something like this so maybe next time i will come up with this you said something before about uh how with electronic albums there's some element of the album being necessary basically in order to keep getting bookings mm. um how true is that of you know how, or how much did that play a role in in um this one or your past albums i think now i wouldn't have wouldn't need to make another album to get bookings so much maybe it helps a little bit to get some festivals or something but um the the booking situation was quite good let's say before uh, but somehow i i I've, like after recording all this music i felt like um getting rid of it somehow to, to clean my my drives to make something new to so this album is kind of um a d detox <laughs> for my you know for my musical uh it's a good thing i mean it's a positive uh, effect i i get something out of my system that i've been around with for a while and now i it's a now it's like tabula rasa for me there's not so much that i have to finish there are two remixes and it's the last ones i will ever do because i i realize that i don't really i'm not a good remixer i said that before but it takes too long for me to, it takes too much time and i think other people can do it much better and and then i will just have you know all the time to explore and and find out where i want to go in the future and this is it's very important to finish stuff that you've been working on before if you don't i had like all these uh, ideas and loops and songs in my studio and and then they just kind of they haunt you like when when you don't make a decision you know if there is it's good if it's worth being put out or if it's you know maybe you throw it away it's also great because there's so much unnecessary stuff out there of course i hope this is not too unnecessary and but it feels good it feels um right also i wanted to make some maybe it helps a little bit to explain what i'm into also like as a dj when you get requests people understand better what what is what is exactly what i'm you know what i what i want to play what i want to present with an album or like doing a podcast sometimes helps a lot to you know clear the the, the path or something mm. but it was not uh the the intention was not to get more bookings or something because i i have to reject a lot of bookings because i, I don't want to play I, I'm not um, able to play as much as Ben Clark does or something. <laughs> I've been, I'm, I'm sitting there and watching all these guys playing three or four times a week. I don't know how, I could never do this somehow. It's, I can do it sometimes, but not every week. And I really have a high respect for that um, level of um, traveling and playing and, and 
deliver entertainment at a very high level for people, you know, and, and keep evolving and, and tell stories and then play Bergheim for 12 hours every month or something. It's crazy. I'm not the guy to you can do this, um, but but I love um, I love my job. I love traveling, and I I love I still love this um, being surprised so much. Like last weekend, I went to Nantes, and I didn't expect anything from this little town in France, and it was one of the best parties I played in years, with the best energy and the most amazing sound in a in a actually it was like a bar, and they they turned this into a club every Friday or something. And, and it was so mind blowing. So because I, I arrived there, I was like, this is going to be okay, maybe, you know, but uh, it ended up as being like a really, really intense experience of playing. And I enjoyed myself watching myself making decisions and, and playing really without thinking kind of, you know, like, which is quite rare when you play um for two hours it takes a long time to get into it and then it's already done and and if you if you play six hours sometimes you you get this on this um level of uh, where you stop thinking or you just play you get you become part of the music and you know and this is um what happened there and so this is what i really liked being surprised and and coming to places where you've never been and meeting people that you wouldn't expect maybe in a techno context or something. And yeah, this is really kind of uncontrollable, this kind of whole thing, like playing a DJ gig has so many um, yeah, variables that you can't control at all. You have no chance to know what it's going to be like, even if you've been there maybe five times. It can be completely the opposite of what you've been experienced before. And this can be quite can be quite annoying sometimes, but it's uh, as I don't play too much these days. I found out that if I limit the amount of experiences, I can enjoy them much more. And yeah, this is it. Earlier on, you said something about how um, the album is sort of like a way to let people know generally what your style is, what you sound like, and everything. Um, does that complicate the idea of getting more experimental in your music the way you were talking about earlier? Mm, yeah, I think it's it's opening a door. Like I said, I feel like I'm at a, like a, on a turning point and uh, maybe going in a, a bit in another direction that I've been over the last seven years and maybe doing more what I've been always dreaming of. Somehow it took a, I mean, I, I don't uh, reject what I did before. I like it and I think it's cool, but it's um, now I need to maybe uh, change the direction a little bit more and um, bring in other ideas, musical ideas that I always try to involve in my music. And now that I think it has a lot to do with my new studio that I built over the last two years and my all my, my gear that is in there kind of, in place and connected and accessible and now that i come in i switch one knob and everything is on and just ready to use and before it was always like a big mess moving from studios to studio and never really set up like proper setup um like if you have 10 delays you need like a 
proper setup patch bay to connect them. Otherwise, you end up like looking for right cables to, you know. And this is what is happening now. And I feel that I can now that the album is done and everything, I have some time to yeah to play around and to find where I want to go. Um, what's your studio called? It's called the Meadow. It's uh, in Wedding, Berlin, North, and it's it's very nice. It's a, we have a studio complex with some some other producers and film music composers and graphic designers and filmmakers. And there's a, someone is printing in the basement, and and there's going to be a, a kind of uh, mid-sized concert hall with a studio connected opening soon and hopefully this year maybe next year and this is um so we have all the possibilities and and most of the instruments you could think of are in this building somehow we have a grand piano a harp all the saxophones and flutes and drums and all the drum machines and synthesizers i think most of the interesting stuff is there so we can like kind of lend each other what what you know what you need so if you look like ah, i need a i need a symbol now I want to record a symbol somehow. Then you go over and knock at the door and say, do you have a nice symbol? Yeah, try this one. And so this is kind of a perfect situation now. Um, surrounding is very nice. We have this little backyard with a green um, grass, which uh, is the reason why it's called a meadow, because it's so small. <laughs> it's like a fun thing. And yeah, I, I, I love being there. It's great. I was having a really nice studio like that. Do you think that sort of encourages the... Um like a more adventurous approach to production or, you know, make, does make you want to hope, I hope that, that this is, that I will challenge myself more in the future. Yeah. But I don't know. Let's see. Can't really tell where, where I'm going now, but now I have this kind of huge modular synth. And so I think this might lead to different music. Hopefully it's not boring or something. I don't know. Let's see. Um, earlier, you said something like uh, you said you made a distinction between what you did before and the stuff that you're making now. In what way do you think your music has uh, changed over the years, or, or how does what you're doing now, you know, feel so different to you? That is your job. <laughs> I can't talk about my music too much, honestly. I, you know, I used to be a journalist, music journalist, writing uh, about other people's music, but. One reason why I stopped this was um, I wanted to make music and making music is the opposite of talking about music. Actually, I can't really tell. It just feels a little different. Um, for me, it, the, the, it's still the same person. All the, the, I mean, in the end, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just maybe a bit more refined. Maybe for people, for other people, it's more boring. And I don't know, it's uh, maybe the sound has changed a little bit, but now I, I, I finished two tracks with Marcel Fengler as Dean. We have this project called DIN and uh, we made remixes of our music. We composed for the ballet last year in Berghain, which was called Masse. And uh, now there's these dance versions coming out. And I was just listening to the masters of these two tracks on the way here and they sound very much you can hear my my influence in this in these two tracks a lot but it's it's a very good 
so I think there's a certain sound like it's never too harsh. It's never too, it's quite melodic, kind of uh, warm somehow. But uh, it's nice working with Marcel because he brings in another energy and a different approach in in a production. And working together is quite efficient, kind of uh, very funny. First of all. It's a lot of fun being in a studio with Marcel, and uh, and then we both learned a lot from each other. Like because he he has a very non musical approach. He, he's not he cannot play like instruments, and he's uh, what I totally miss. I would love to have this sometimes, just like um, hearing the whole thing as sounds and composing sounds together. And I always end up like tuning things and. Uh, making a, a harmonic concept and this is, sometimes makes it so boring because this is actually what techno is so cool and what i um, love about techno is that it doesn't have this you know it's all these harmonic systems and cages are not there if you don't if you don't use them and but i always end up bringing them in because i i come from playing cello and playing notes and you know and playing piano and stuff and so I, I can't like get rid of this so well, it makes it so interesting to work with Marcel for example he just like um, comes from a very different approach and sometimes brings two harmonic elements together which in the first moment I think like whoa this is so rude you know and then I think this is great it's just amazing you know it's like it's um, ends up like uh, being these two harmonic elements together is more like a noise and the harmonic part of it is um, goes to the back and this is so interesting but <clears throat> I don't know if my music is has evolved or become better or anything that is what you could tell me or people can tell me in the end you said before that uh when you first got started making records um they were really heavy on samples you know, like 90% samples or something like that. Um, I imagine that's something that is, you know, it's really changed over time. It's no longer the case. Mm, uh, well, I, I I love samples because samples have these, um, have the, they transport something uh, beside the, the main information. They bring in all this information from the recording and from from the the technique that was used in the recording, the room it was recorded in, uh, maybe it's sampled from a vinyl. So there's a, there's some samples in there, like some pads and stuff I sampled from vinyl. Still, something that I really like because it brings in uh, noise and dirt and um, interesting side information. But of course, there's also a lot of uh, stuff that I just recorded from a drum machine or a synthesizer or something but i i'm i'm not dogmatic in any way i'm just i just use whatever i want to do use or what i have and it's great i think if you would put me in a in a room for a year or a month with one synth then i would just start liking this synth and working with this one it would be enough in the end but as i now have all these possibilities around me i play with all these and, and, and a friend of mine um, talked me to selling some of it so I started selling some to just to make make it more clear my, my environment more clear focus on on the really good ones I read you say something like um, 
about how back in the day you would be at a techno party and uh they would play like all pro fan style mm. or like studio one like mm. you know pretty challenging weird music mm. the whole night which obviously is kind of hard to imagine now would that be kind of like is, is that something that you you know which was more common or is that kind of like an ideal situation for you mm, it was a very special evening in a in a very small room back then. it was just maybe they also played other music with that I, I can't tell because i just realized that so they played some of the records that i had just discovered and i mean at that time you could you had different um different parties where you maybe it was not only focusing on the party aspect but just listening to electronic music in a weird environment for example in the bunker in hamburg i remember back in the days and um yeah i think it changed a lot the whole party scene focused somehow so much on entertainment like like the dj as a clown somehow the, you know like the stage the idea of having a stage all these festivals these days it's um it's different to what i liked like what would make me being interested in this music it was my my interest was always sound like sound and music and of course like being in a in a in a room where you could hear it in a on a very high level and with not too much light and these days you you have um all these <laughs> things that kind of distract people from the sound itself it's it's more it's very visual i think the experience of of uh, music uh, sometimes is more visual than uh, acoustic so, you know it's more important that what you what you see or what you what's happening and what you what you hear and this is maybe one reason why i make this record so to explain this is more focusing on the sound thing it's not so like yeah party guys you know like i don't know um I love parties and I love good vibes and stuff, but I don't want to complain. I'm, 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 I feel pretty well understood now most of the times where, where I get my bookings and where, I get, you know, the crowd knows where, where I come from. And I also have my my bag of hits and, and house records that I love to drop. And But also, like, it's so nice when you can play for half an hour, like kind of like this trippy psychedelic thing that that you, you get lost in that you don't like scream every 10 seconds and you take the bass out and in all the time you know it's this different things i think uh, so my ideal uh, party is and i got just got a request this morning from from a guy that starts a new party uh, in europe and he he has this this is like the Japanese idea of going to a club which is just dark and has the best sound possible and the, the perfect technical setup to play vinyl and whatever you want to play. It just sounds all the same and it works and um, there's no skipping and feedbacks and whatever. And yeah, and then go in there and, and it's the music is, in, is the center, the central thing. And there's no stage and there's no like, you know, too much uh, projections or whatever and yeah I, I just instantly said yes let's go of course this is uh, this sounds like what i love and that's why i loved going to japan so much because they have this um, this idea of kind of 
just pure sound. It's funny because it doesn't seem like it should be like a you know unusual thing or like a weird idea to have a club that's just focused on just the sound and just the experience of the music, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, there's so many times you end up in a in a club where you where I could nearly start crying because I, you come there and the needle is hundred years old and the system is I don't know, but it's like it's a mess and it's just doesn't make sense to to book someone there to it's makes no sense for anyone not for the the audience not for the the dj that flew over maybe to canada or something or whatever and 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 then there's this really shitty sound which is the the most important thing and then you 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 ask the guy like what what is your your um idea of and obviously it's making money is the first thing that he's interested in second thing might be getting laid and getting high and then maybe like uh, in a long long far distance he's interested in having a good sound but obviously not that night and really makes me cry sometimes because that is what i'm why i do this you know and uh, when it's good then it's 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 even better than it is sometimes for me because it feels so right then you know, it's like, do you get this request and the people say like, yeah, and we have a function one. And they say like, okay, I don't want to play that because this is just like random. You don't, It doesn't mean anything. You buy a system and you can put it in any room and it sounds like a piece of shit because you need to set it up right and you need to someone to know, to understand the whole idea of acoustic in space and maybe you have to work on on acoustic treatments and stuff to to have this proper sound and not so many people do this but i see that there's some people who did understand and they know that it's not so expensive to have a good sound it's it's just you need to have some love and and um passion for sound and you know and then people don't know the the, the audience they they mostly can't tell why it's different in this club or in this night than the, in the other one but they know that it was really good because you know everything felt much better and you maybe go home with your ears not bleeding and it's um when you play so many times on this high volume sound is it's such a sort of big issue for me if you have a good sound it makes so much fun if, you, if the sound is bad i think i don't play as good as i could because i just i'm afraid of the sound sometimes even you know like destroying my ears and yeah it's a big it's i don't want to lose my e hearing it's so important you know, i want to save it for the next years what are some clubs or parties that you think do it exactly right no no, no let's not let's not talk about it i think that you can you know when when it sounds good you can you can talk to your friend while you dance on a, in a high very high volume because it's not you know there's no like too harsh high frequencies or or kind of strange basses that have just volume but no no information somehow it's you can tell you know when it's good sound and mostly when you have good sound you also it looks good i think <laughs> what was the name of that party um that we were talking about earlier where they played all the profan stuff 
I don't know the name. It was in Hamburg back in in uh, maybe '97. Yeah, I, I guess '96, '97, around that time. It was the time where I really got absorbed, like so interested with this music, and started buying records and finding out about all these labels. And I had no idea. It was it was so funny at that time going to a record shop like Container Records in Hamburg was so huge. It was such a huge shop with thousands of labels and different styles like Psytrance, Deep House, Hip Hop, Drummer Bass. It was all alive at the time. It was like there and there were so many customers and there was people playing, DJs you know, playing the new records for like half a minute like, and be like, what is this? I need it. Da, da, da. You know, and it was, I was just in there like, wow, this is like a zoo. I don't know. I have no I don't understand how to browse through this. And I was always afraid of going in there. And I remember the guy was, uh, the owner was playing um, America by Moody Man on the system. And I was like, wow, this is Skills Scott Heron. I have the original record. What is this? And I went there. It's like, dude, I need this. And he's like, no, it's limited. It's the only one. And it's like, yeah, but I need it. You know, I love this. This is exactly what I want to buy. And he looked at me, he's like, wow, I've never seen you before. Okay, have it. And then I, I got this record and I, I listened to it like maybe a hundred times, you know, and, and it was such a, I don't know, mind blowing uh, thing. And then the air yeah, was the starting point of, of me exploring and, and looking for all this music that I had no idea of kind of, I mean, I knew it was there, but I didn't know about any labels or DJs or certain styles and cities and scenes and whatever. And it's until now I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm working a lot of, of, on my archive kind of, you know, like um, exploring labels and from 97 or whatever, and like, you know, checking, it's it's very interesting these days you can find out so much about past movements and and scenes over the internet it's great and you can sometimes buy the record for a re decent price i don't buy records for like more than 25 euros or something it's i think that's really hilarious like it's not it's not no i don't do this but yeah it's it's and i if you have a nice a record dealer like like I have, then sometimes he, he provides me with the stuff that I don't know from back in the days from someone brought it in second hand. And I get this jam was like, wow, this is exactly what I need in my set. And and I think it's a, it's an ongoing process. You can go back and forth and always find stuff. I was just discovering music by Christian. Uh, Morgenstern the other day, which is so mind blowing. I had no idea from 97. I knew some of his stuff, of course, but this one, mis miscellaneous compilation, it's called, I think, on Kanzamt. Amazing music. So forward thinking at that time and interesting sound because all analog machines are like, like um, real machines and then recorded in one take. You can hear it. And sometimes adjusting something while recording it. So it's cool. Really good. Yeah, you said um, when you're first learning about electronic music, the whole party element um, like didn't really do it for you. That that part like mm. sort of, you know, was maybe a little bit off-putting. What um, eventually got you hooked? What made you want to start checking it out? I don't know. It was 
the sound like um, there were some parties that like like illegal parties in Hamburg back in the days that where they just played uh, in a in an old train abandoned train um, station in the harbor and this was amazing it was like I, I had no idea what they were playing at the time but it was some kind of techno music and I, I was very very impressed by the whole thing like this it was so far off it was so I don't know I, I like the sound it's, it's hard to say it was just you know music is I don't know <laughs> how to answer your questions really mm. you listen to um like indie rock before that right yeah a lot of course I mean I listen to so much different kind of music I, it's I think techno music or electronic dance music or it's just one idea of music and of course it's somehow related to to parties and stuff but um, pe when people do it at home in, in their studios it's there's no party going on and and there's always been music that that um leaves the 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 typical traces and looks for something new and i th i have the feeling that in me as a producer I'm always just starting to to find my own language, define what I what I am supposed to do, and it's still I'm dreaming of uh, music that I haven't done yet. Everything I put out, everything I do, is just a attempt to get there and to bring in all my other interests and sort of bring it all together and. I'm dreaming of a of a different music than I, I'm able to deliver right now. I I can't describe it properly. If I could, then I would do it. But you know, I, I sometimes hear it when when I wake up in the morning or something. I it's been there. I mean, <laughs> close to it. Hopefully, I get there. Um, that's I think my uh, my duty <laughs> to to keep on finding it, trying to 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 get it out but uh, until now it's only been attempts to go there so far and would you see yourself doing like totally um not dance related music at some point yeah yeah i did that before and i will i will do this uh i'm, I'm working on things that are completely dysfunctional unplayable in a party context it wouldn't make no sense you know just like one drone and no beats no rhythms and on obvious rhythms of course yeah I'm, I'm very interested in going back to that because i, I when i studied uh, in vienna the uh, electroacoustic department it was all about that i didn't buy any techno records for three years i didn't listen to that music too much i went to some parties sometimes then I met my friend uh, Oliver Random, who was uh, DJing at the time a lot, and he got me back into this uh, whole thing. And he told me about what is happening. And I remember him like telling me about the first Omar oh S coming out, and it was like, wow, this is really interesting music. He has a huge record collection, and I learned a lot about stuff that I had no idea until that point. And when I came back to Berlin, then not back, but when I came to Berlin in 2005, it, this kind of 
the energy of the city got me absorbed, like it got me soaked in. And uh, there was all these like crazy after hours, like Beat Street and, and there was uh, Bar 25 was just opening. And of course there was Berghain and, um, and uh, still there, <laughs> strong as ever. And um, I was much younger and I was very impressed by what was going on in Berlin at that time. And I went out much more than I do now. And I started liking the whole party aspect a lot for a while. And I learned a lot about like DJing, I think from listening to to other people's sets. And I and then I, I just, I started making the music totally inspired by this whole energy I was surrounded by. And um, I met all these people that, that were in the city, like making it and being part of it. and. And that's that's why then my first album came out was kind of the result of being coming to Berlin, being very very um, yeah inspired by this what was going on in Berlin at that time. And yeah, wasn't my plan actually when I came back from came from Vienna. It was not my plan to become a person who's traveling regularly every weekend somewhere and uh, playing DJ sets in the mornings. It was, <laughs> it just happened. And now I, I got used to it. I like it. And I try to find a way of um, um, keeping it cool for me and staying healthy and, you know, having fun while doing it. But this was also uh, kind of a process to find out the right amounts of everything. I think it takes a while.